Hey folks, I know you could be listening to one of a million different podcasts right now, and I am super grateful you picked this one. Welcome to The Human Show. I'm your host, Trish, a holistic life coach and a mom navigating this complex world of human emotions. Here, we will share stories, insights, research, and information to help you step into the most true version of yourself so you can be a happy human. Now let's get into it. Hey folks, I am here to give a little intro to me and how I got here. So we're going to have a little story time. So back in 2015, I saw a post on social media and it was listing the symptoms of anxiety. And I had some of them. And I thought, oh, shoot, I guess I have anxiety. And honestly, this came with both fear, because I wasn't really sure what that meant for me. And also there was some relief because I thought, okay, well, now I have an explanation for why I've been acting the way I have for so long. And by that, I mean being reactive, getting defensive, maybe having mood swings and having a really hard time expressing myself. Just, you know, whole slew of things. And I thought, oh, great. Now I have the answer. So I made an appointment with my doctor. And before I went, I prepared some stories. I mean, real stories, uh, situations that would kind of illustrate why I feel like I have anxiety because I figured I would need to justify it. So I go to the doctor and I say, I think I have anxiety. And he didn't ask me one question. He said something like, oh yeah, it's really common. You know, my father-in-law has anxiety. A lot of people have it. I'm going to start you off on a prescription for Lexapro. And, you know, call me in a couple of weeks. Let me know how it's going. And he was in and out of the room in probably less than five minutes. So, you know, part of me was relieved that he didn't ask me to explain myself. And part of me was kind of disappointed because, you know, I wanted to tell my story. I wanted to explain it. But anyway, the louder part of me said, awesome, now we have a fix. Let's go. So I want to take a sidebar here for a minute and let you know that when I went into this appointment, I had two babies with me because I had given birth not even three months prior. Only to one of them, my wife gave birth to the other one. But my point is, he didn't take this into consideration that I was in here with a newborn. And he didn't ask me, did you just have a baby? When did you give birth? Are you having any other symptoms? Now, any doctor who knows anything about pregnancy and childbirth, or really anyone in general knows anything about pregnancy and childbirth, knows that pregnancy and childbirth can wreak havoc on a woman's body. And it can take anywhere from three to six months on average 
for a woman's hormones to return to normal while return to their pre-pregnancy levels after giving birth. So in addition to that, postpartum depression can last up to two years after giving birth. In addition to that, Lexapro, also known as escitalopram, is an SSRI, and there are drug interactions, potential drug interactions. So one, he didn't ask me about my pregnancy and childbirth, and two, he didn't ask me about any other medications I was taking. So essentially, this doctor just handed a brain-altering drug to a complete stranger. Okay, that's my sidebar. End sidebar. Okay, so I started taking Lexapro. It was low dose, 10 milligrams. And within two weeks, I noticed a difference. I wasn't reacting the way I used to. I wasn't snapping at my kids like I used to. It seemed great. It seemed like my problems were solved. And after about a year on Lexapro, I started feeling those anxious feelings coming back. I started feeling, you know, the old, the old stuff resurfacing. So I called my doctor's office and I talked to the nurse and I said, I told her what was going on. And I said, you know, could the doctor prescribe me a higher dosage? And I remember her saying like something along the lines of, well, he's going to have to see you for that. Like you're going to have to come in. Okay, so she said, I'll give him the message and get back to you. Well, he did not ask to see me. He called on a prescription for a 20 milligram dosage of Lexapro without even talking to me. So after a year, now my dosage has doubled, still without any questions from the doctor. At the time, I didn't really care that he wasn't asking me questions. I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to go back in for an appointment, which is great because I have four little ones at home. So, yeah, it was pretty nice to not have to drag kids back into a doctor's office. So I start taking the new dosage. You know, within a week or two, I'm back to my leveled off zone. The problem was, which I couldn't see at the time, was... The leveled off zone was basically numb. So I wasn't being defensive. I wasn't being reactive. I wasn't snapping at my kids, which was great. But the reason was because my emotions were sort of squashed by this medication. So not only were there no quote unquote negative emotions, there weren't really any other emotions. I was just like totally flat. And again, at the time, I couldn't see this because I was in it. So anyway, I was just basically going through the motions of life, not really caring much about anything. And you know, the interesting thing is I used to say, I wish I didn't care about the things I cared about. And when I said that, I meant... You know, I wish I didn't get upset about things and I wish I didn't get so worked up and I wish I didn't get so defensive. Like, that's what I meant when I said, I wish I didn't care about the things I cared about. So, please be careful what you wish for because I got exactly what I wished for and I didn't care about anything, which was not good. So, 
the problem here, problems, was I wasn't having like real connections with anyone in my life. Like I, my relationship with everyone in my family, my wife, my kids, all those relationships were suffering and I couldn't see it. I thought everything was fine because I wasn't reacting. I wasn't getting mad. I wasn't getting irritated. So I was like, everything's cool. So I couldn't see how it was affecting people around me. You know, and my kids were pretty little at the time. My oldest was only seven, eight. But still, I know, I know that they picked up on things. And I don't know what their memory is of it now, but I can say that I know the relationships were affected. So fast forward about two years. And one of my sisters was visiting. We went out to lunch. And she tells me about her experience with Lexapro. She was taking it, I I guess, for anxiety. Anyway, she said she only took it for a short time because it made her numb. And she didn't like like it. She didn't like how that felt. So she, like, got off of it really quick. And if anyone else said anything to me, in those couple years when I was on the medication, I, it just kind of rolled off. Like I didn't, you know, like I, I know my wife has said things to me, like kind of questioning, like, is this, is this good? Like, is this really working? Is this whatever? And again, I was like, it's fine. Like everything's cool because I was numb. So for some reason, when my sister said this to me, it was like, I don't know, it was sort of like this little wake-up call. It was like uh, somebody threw cold water on my face. And maybe it's because we're sisters and we have a special connection that hearing this from her kind of snapped me out of it for a minute. And I was like, wait a minute, am I numb? I mean, I didn't say that out loud. I said it in my head. So then after that interaction, I just started like replaying situations over the past couple of years that were were situations where it was reasonable to be emotional and I wasn't. So when I, I thought about it, I was able to recall a number of these instances where I felt nothing. And I was like, oh, oh, oh shit. I have to do something. So I went to my doctor, new doctor new doctor. And I said I wanted to stop taking Lexapro. And she said she wanted to start me on Wellbutrin at the same time to sort of help with the transition. She gave me a schedule to taper off of the Lexapro because it's a drug that you cannot stop cold turkey. You could have serious withdrawal symptoms. So she gave me the schedule about, you know, kind of reducing the dosage every week or every couple weeks. And I would have been off of the medication within about two months. Fortunately, my wife is a super researcher. She had read a lot about Lexapro and learned that there could be pretty severe withdrawal symptoms if you come off of it too quickly. And 
there's even the potential for some permanent damage. So she found some information on a much more conservative approach to tapering off of the drug. So I had a a little scale and I would actually weigh the pills, take it every couple of weeks, and then like literally shave off some of the pill. Like I was reducing it by micrograms at a time. This is how slow the process was. So like I said, if I had done the the doctor's approach, I would have been off the medicine in six to eight weeks. The process I did took about eight months. So very gradual. So when I first started, my first couple weeks in, I'm taking Wellbutrin along with the Lexapro. I actually started feeling pretty good. Like I was actually feeling things again, which was like, you know, felt pretty promising. And then, you know, it kind of plateaued after a few weeks uh, and I was back to my level zone. So fast forward, I'm getting close to this eight month mark. I'm just about done with Lexapro and my anxiety feelings have come back. Not only have they come back, they have come back with a vengeance. I was feeling severe irritability and anxiousness and like moments of rage. Like I, I couldn't handle even being around my kids half the time. Like just the noise in the house would like put me on edge. So I figured I was having withdrawal symptoms from Lexapro. And I was pretty disappointed because I thought I just spent eight months doing this super slow process coming off this medication and I still have withdrawal symptoms. Like I was kind of pissed. But, you know, regardless, I I kind of sucked at this time. Like I was not someone anyone wanted to be around. So I went to have a little alone time. Fortunately, we have a camper parked at a campground not far from here from spring to fall. So I was able to go there for to be alone and try to figure my shit out. So I go there and I'm like, I, like I can't sit still. Like I, it was like I was buzzing inside. It's just this, I was very unsettled. I didn't know what to do with myself and just up and down, up and down all day between like, oh, this is great. I get to be alone. I mean, it wasn't one day. I was there for quite a few days, but, and it was up and down between, oh, it's great. I get to be alone. And then this is horrible. I want to be home and, and everything in between. I, it was just, I was just, I was in a state. So I decide, all right, let me try, let me try to do some yoga because, you know, yoga is meant to be grounding and centering and calming. That seems like what I need right now. So I put on a yoga video. Now, I don't know if you are familiar with Yoga with Adrian. This is a channel on YouTube and Adrian has beginner yoga videos, advanced videos, everything in between. And Adrian is wonderful. I mean, she is this just being of 
light and love and, you know, she's charismatic and she's just lovely. So I do a beginner video and even the beginner poses were pretty tough for me. I do not pride myself on being flexible. So I was struggling. And I was getting so pissed off because I couldn't do these poses. I don't even think I made it halfway through the video. I mean, I was cursing. I was like, I was downright hateful about this video. Yeah, I didn't, didn't make it. Side note, here's a tip for y'all. If you try to do a yoga with Adrian video and find yourself in a fit of rage, there are likely some unresolved issues in your subconscious that need some attention. Okay? Anyway, I digress. So after my epic yoga fail and fit of rage, I decided to read about Wellbutrin. And I started reading the side effects. And guess what? Side effects of Wellbutrin include mood swings, irritability, depression, rage. I mean, I was basically a textbook case of Wellbutrin side effects. So I was like, okay, stopping Wellbutrin. So I quit that. And I was like, now what? Like, I, I need to figure this out. I need to do this without medication. So I started just looking for, I, I don't even know what I was looking for, but I happened to find locally a facility that offers intensive outpatient services, also called IOP. So an intensive outpatient program, at least at this facility consists of three sessions a week. You have two group sessions and one individual session with a therapist or a counselor. So yeah, I'd say that's intensive. So I did that for about two months. And, you know, the program is meant to be temporary. They really only want you there, like participating maybe two to three months. It's sort of to get you back on track. Like if you kind of hit your bottom, they sort of pick you up and dust you off and push you back out there, but in a nice way. So it moved me in the right direction for sure, but I, I needed more. Side note, I really loved group therapy. If you haven't done it, I recommend it. It was pretty great. I didn't think I would like it. It felt really weird and awkward at first sitting in a room full of strangers, but it was really cool. And one of the big things for me was the perspective it gave me, you know, because I went in there feeling like all of this stuff on me was so heavy and so big. And I would sit there and listen to other people share their stories, their struggles. And then I would be like, oh, my, my stuff doesn't feel so big anymore. So. It definitely gave me some perspective. In addition to that, it was just that knowing 
that I was not alone. When you're going through something that feels really hard and you hear someone else say that they're feeling something similar, there's kind of this feeling of relief, like, oh, God, it's not just me. I'm not the only one. And that can be really helpful in itself, knowing you're not alone. So big fan of group therapy. Okay. And sidebar. So I'm finished intensive outpatient program and now what? So I start looking at podcasts and I, I listened to a couple and, uh, you know, one of them actually introduced me to Brene Brown. So I listened to some of her stuff. I read some of her books. Like I just started learning and learning. Like I just wanted to learn whatever I could about myself, about anxiety, about my subconscious. I just wanted to figure out how to be happier without medication. So I'm in Apple Podcasts and I do a search for anxiety and I start scrolling through. And one of them caught my attention and it's called the Adult Chair Podcast. And I was intrigued. So I listened to the first episode and I was like, well, maybe. I listened to the second one and then I just kept going. So for a while, I was listening to an episode a day, and I basically made this a self-help course for me. I would listen, and then I would try to practice what I learned. And I would journal sometimes, and, you know, I started doing guided meditations. Like, I would just, I was just absorbing it all. And gradually, I started changing. And basically, I changed my life by applying things that I learned. It wasn't quick. It took some time. Even now, I still have ups and downs. I'm still human. I still get triggered by things. But I have more self-awareness than I ever did. So when I have the downs, when I have the challenges, I'm able to reflect on it and kind of make some sense of it. And if I can't, I know I can reach out to someone to try to figure it out. So fast forward a few years, and now I am an adult chair certified life coach. So crazy, right? So I wanted to share that story because I'm hoping that other people might hear it and think if they're in a tough place, they can change too. And I want everyone to believe that about themselves because you can. You can all change yourself. And I want to be very clear here. If you are taking Lexapro, escitalopram, or any other SSI or any antidepressant, I am not suggesting you stop taking it. I am suggesting that you learn about the drug and the effects it is having on your body. If you are currently taking a drug, please learn about it. Please find out what it does in your body and what are the potential side effects and what are the potential long-term effects. If a doctor hands you a prescription, learn about it before you start taking it blindly like I did and then find out years later that you don't need it. So I am not suggesting you start or stop a drug. I am just suggesting you learn. And if it feels right to you to see if there are any other 
alternative methods out there, then I encourage you to do that too. You know, I was looking up some information on escitalopram and I came across a website, drugs.com. And under escitalopram, it says, experts are unsure exactly how escitalopram works. I, I just found this so funny and disturbing at the same time. So that's why I'm saying just please do your homework if you're taking a medication, whether it's for anxiety or any other condition. Please find out what it is doing in your body and make sure that you're okay with that. And if you're not okay with it, then speak up. If it doesn't feel right, please listen to yourself. Listen to that feeling if it doesn't feel right and look for another option. So anyway, thank you for listening to my story. Thank you for being here. And I definitely hope that you will come back for the next episode and join me so we can continue to learn and grow and be the happiest humans that we can. Remember, you are enough just as you are, and you are loved. Make a great day. <laughs>